A brief update. It's May the 12th, 2024. I've released just two episodes of this year. My father-in-law passed away in January. He bravely fought a multitude of health issues for well over 15 years. Rest in peace, John. My wife of more than 20 years, Lisa, is remarkably strong, much more so than I. Her outlook on life is always positive and has motivated me to resume my passion project. Research for new episodes is now well underway. Stay tuned and sincere thanks for subscribing to my podcast. MJ, as you mentioned, he was a bit angry uh, early on in the season with the way that the Bulls started the season off. But MJ, he basically says that he's going to be pretty heavy-handed with his teammates to ensure that they're pulling their weight. And even Billy Wennington, Billy adds that MJ isn't worrying about upsetting you or offending you if he's offended you can leave (laughs) that's right that was great stuff from bill there he's added some really good insight already just in those first two episodes that we've seen then you are in australia right now you're talking nba basketball you're talking great teams you're talking great individual players takes it off and there's number 23 and of course johnny goes nuts so i'm getting first time thinking about it now I just tried to go out there and play my game. I have no idea what you're talking about, Adam. I don't like anybody. I'm not a people person. Strand, you made the pass. Yes. Christian, can you catch the ball? Yes. All the stars were aligned and all the muscles fired at the right time and I was able to get off the ground and throw one down. I was saving that as a surprise for you. And now, introducing your host for In All Airness, Adam Ryan. Welcome to episode 101. Thanks for joining me. My great mate Aaron Steen returns and we recap episode 2 of the Last Dance docuseries. Keep a close eye on my podcast feed. Later this week I'm releasing a special episode featuring two great guests who personally relate to moments shown in the recap Aaron and I cover today. The guests are Mark Grossman, who has been the head statistician for the Chicago Bulls since 1977, and Steve Cashel who for most of the 1990s was anchor and host of Chicago Bulls Basketball on Sports Channel and Fox Sports Net Chicago. Steve then transitioned to the role of Chicago Bulls radio host for more than 20 years. Both gentlemen discussed their involvement with key moments from the last dance. Mark details the creative ways the Bulls stats team allowed Jordan every possible second of court time during his so-called seven-minute-per-half restrictions upon returning from his broken foot in the 1986 season. Steve talks about his question to Jordan that airs near the end of The Last Dance, Episode 2, where he asked MJ about Pippen's, quote, earth-shattering comments, unquote, from November of 1997. Pip had requested a trade whilst he was still on the Bulls injured list. Towards the end of the episode, I'll share another great podcast review. If you can spare a moment or two, please add your review via your listening app. It'd be most appreciated. Show notes for this episode and access to a huge archive of past episodes are available at inallairness.com. Now, onto the show. Aaron, welcome back to the show again, mate. Uh, we're going to be talking about episode two of the 10-part series, The Last Dance, that's on uh, ESPN and Netflix. How are you, mate? Good to be back. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Episode two focuses primarily on Scotty Maurice Pippen, uh, but also it's uh, intertwined with obviously some more Jordan and setting the stage on the Bulls franchise in general throughout the uh, 1990s for the most part. In essence, we learn a lot about the struggles that Pippen had growing up in a a large family, being one of 12 kids, but also the contract negotiations, which really 
almost tore the balls apart throughout the majority of the 1990s. There was at least three different times where Pippen was on the trading block. The dynasty almost never really happened, given the fact that he could have been gone as early as 1994, based on the apparent Kemp for Pippen trade that fell through. Basically a done deal until I think the Sonics owner pulled out because of uh, uproar from the Sonics fans that Kemp was going. 95, Pippen almost demanded a trade around the All-Star weekend. And then, of course, we get to uh, what happens at the end of the 97 season with Pippen's impending surgery, which he puts off over his summer break and then decides to have surgery just before the season begins and basically derails the first two months of the Bulls season. So lots to talk about from this episode. It starts off with MJ with about two dozen microphones in his face, and I'm not sure if one of the microphones taps him on the face or not, but it gives one of the reporters a, a real stink eye. <laughs> I don't know if he just got close to Michael or if he actually tapped him on the face, but MJ, he wasn't that impressed. There are like 25 or 30 different microphones or recorders right within about six inches of his face. No joke. The episode begins actually at ring ceremony night when Pippen's injured. He's uh, in civvies. Uh, looking a treat in his outfit, and he's addressing the Chicago crowd. And he says, I've had a wonderful career here. If I never have the opportunity to say this again, thank you. And he's clearly tearing up at this stage. No one knows exactly what's going to be happening with his uh, 1998 season. Will he remain with the Bulls? Um, It was looking very dicey. In terms of uh, Pippen's impact during Chicago's championship run, there's some wonderful numbers that you're about to share. During the Bulls championship run, Scotty ranked second on the Bulls in scoring, he ranked second on the Bulls in rebounds, second on the Bulls in minutes played. He was first on the Bulls in assists, first on the Bulls in steals, sixth on the Bulls in salary, and 122nd in the NBA in salary. And that sets a tone for the episode. One of the first game highlights that is shown in the episode is a dunk that Scotty does on Charles Barkley in the 1990 playoffs. David Aldridge. He explains that having to play and practice with MJ, it toughens Scotty up. And then uh, it's followed up by a coast-to-coast dunk on Charles Barkley, which ranks as one of my favorite Scotty Pippen plays. It is a monster dunk. And Barkley had nowhere to go. He was under the rim. It was over. As they say here in Australia, he was buggered. (laughs) He was in a world of hurt. Pippen posterized so many players, as many as Jordan did perhaps in his day. Uh, Scotty had some monster dunks. I think it was really well done by the uh, producers to start by detailing how important Pippen was to the Bulls in terms of all his achievements, and then relayed to how his salary ranked in terms of the Bulls players, and then the most incredible aspect is when they go league-wide, and you see that he's 122nd in the league in salary. That was a really clever move, and it also helps emphasize the importance of Pippen to the team, yet showing how much he was hamstrung by that contract that he signed, which was, what, seven years, $18 million? But having said that, Pippen even admits it in his interview during this episode. He took the deal and was happy with it because it helped set up those around him as far as his family and friends, and in particular with his family. He comes from an incredible background. He's one of 12 kids. His father, which I already knew about, had suffered a stroke when Pippen was 10 or 11, and I wasn't aware, though, that his second oldest brother had a terrible accident at school when he was in high school. I think he said it was a PE class a wrestling incident that went wrong that paralyzed his brother. So he had a father and brother who were wheelchair-bound, one of 12 kids, a very tough upbringing. So for him to be able to sign a seven-year deal for 18 mil, 
he took it and he was happy with the security at the time, I guess as the deal wore on and he obviously saw how underpaid he was by comparison to others in the league. That's when things started to fracture, but um, some great background there on on the story of Scotty Pippen and his rise and also how great was the footage that we got to see of Pippen playing at Central Arkansas. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that right now. You watch him play in the highlights and it looks like Scotty, but one thing that really sticks out for me, especially if you also include footage from his rookie season, is how gangly Scotty was. He was rail thin, and there's a, a steal and dunk that he does in his first pro game against the 76ers, and he's just he's all arms and legs all over the place. So it probably took him a couple of seasons to fill out into his body, but that incredible footage from Central Arkansas, yeah, it definitely looks like him, and that behind-the-back dribble that he does on an opposing guard, it shows just how good he was with the ball in his hands, even at this age. The footage you're talking about of that dunk when he was a rookie, is that when they went to the right of screen? Yeah. He jumped from inside the dotted line. It was an incredible dunk, and to see your rookie player do that in his debut game, that's outstanding. During the discussion about his central Arkansas days, from his freshman through sophomore season, he came back five inches taller and obviously really started to develop. That'll help, won't it? It certainly helps. He mentioned in his interview, talking about his college career, that a few guys academically dropped away a bit and then opened up a couple of um, options for scholarships that he then asked his coach for and repeatedly kept asking to consider him for a scholarship. And then, of course, he went from being an, an equipment manager to being a star by the time he actually entered the uh, NBA draft and was one of the coveted picks. So an incredible story all around for Scotty to get from where he did as a youngster uh, in a massive family, going through the adversity with his uh, two family members in wheelchairs Quite staggering what he achieved uh, in the NBA, given uh, what he rose from. First of all, 12 kids. Wow. Yeah. Um, And secondly, you mentioned the um, 87 NBA draft. There was some footage from the draft where a reporter is informing Scotty of a trade that's most likely going to happen between the Sonics and the Bulls. This is while Scotty's wearing a Seattle Supersonics hat. (laughs) The reporter informs him, Apparently, you're wearing the wrong hat. <laughs> what a great comment. That was great. That Sonic's hat looks so cool. But the iconic photo, I guess, that we recognize from the 87 draft is where you see Olden Polonese and Pippen doing the exchange of hats. I think that's one of the great photos throughout the 1980s. Also, mate, it would be remiss of me not to mention one of Scotty's older brothers, Billy Pippen. How good was Billy Pippen? He's gone right up in my rankings of all-time favorites on a show. That was fantastic. He looks just like Scotty and sounds... It's just an absolute dead ringer for Scotty. You mentioned that he sounds like Scotty. Mark Stein on Twitter last week tweeted out that Scotty has one of the great voices, which he does. <laughs> he does. Scotty's voice is immaculate. Ah, oh, it's immaculate. And Billy Pippen's right there with him. Same, man. Did you notice that monster dunk that Pippen did going to the right of screen at Central Arkansas? I did. That's new footage as well, surely, isn't it? I haven't seen it before. I can't recall seeing that dunk before. There's only one or two Pippen highlights that I can recall seeing. Yeah, same. From his Central Arkansas days, there was definitely some new ones there, including one which was so grainy you could barely make out who it was, but I guess that sort of adds to the uh, nostalgia impact of having some footage of him at all. And then during his Bulls rookie season, he speaks about MJ offering to give him a set of his golf clubs. (laughs) The interviewer says, oh, that's a nice thing for him to offer up a set of clubs to a rookie, and then Scotty, he clears the air by letting the uh, interviewer know that it was probably just MJ trying to set him up to take money off of him (laughs) on the golf course. Hilarious but true. (laughs) 
Uh, some of the people interviewed in this second episode include, uh, again, Mike Wilbon, David Aldridge, uh, Steve East, who I think was uh, associated with Central Arkansas. We get Bill Clinton, who was described as former Arkansas governor, which was uh, interesting. I guess I've got to link it back to Arkansas rather than actually as a former president. Yep. Uh, we also get Charles Oakley. He makes a, a brief appearance. We'll get to Oak in a moment. Rick Talander, uh, Jim Stack, who was the Bulls' assistant GM for a good 12, 13 seasons. Uh, we get Phil Jackson, of course, again, and um, Steve Kerr makes a few more appearances. But Oak, I'm sure, will be woven into future episodes, clearly. But I was kind of surprised that they didn't elaborate more on the trade of Oakley from the Bulls to New York in exchange for Bill Cartwright. But perhaps that's still to come, given the nature of the back-and-forth timeline. During episode one, we both spoke about the impact that Jerry Krause had on, on the Bulls in his time as GM. That trade that sent Oakley to New York for Cartwright upset Jordan immensely at the time. But during episode two, MJ even admits that it was the right trade. I don't know if he conveniently leaves out any compliments for Jerry. Mm when he talks about it, but that was just another example of just how good Krauss was at his job. Yeah, you made a perfect point there because indirectly that's crediting Krauss. Yeah. Really well said. I found it um, a nice correlation that Scott Pippen became Scotty Pippen and then obviously know that Mike Jordan became Michael Jordan. (laughs) Just the one-two punch of Jordan and Pippen, they were both known as either uh, Mike or Scott before that sort of rose to the the superstar status that they would ultimately uh, enjoy. And you can pinpoint the exact moment that Scotty goes from Scott to Scotty because David Stern announces him as Scott Pippen at the draft. And then maybe just a handful of seconds later, the graphic on the screen says Scotty Pippen and Bob <laughs> Neal says Scotty Pippen. So that was the exact point. Yeah, he said, like, you may not have heard of Scotty Pippen before, but yeah, that was quite a uh, coincidental change from Scott to Scotty. Did you notice that Scotty's mum is looking at a framed jersey of Pippen's? And the jersey actually wasn't an authentic jersey. It was a champion replica. Champion replica. Now, what I did find interesting in my notes here, I've got uh, Ronsdorf says, if I were you, I wouldn't sign this contract in terms of the deal that Pippen was offered for that seven-year, 18 million contract. I find that a little contradictory, to be honest, because later in the episode, he also goes on to say something about, don't bother coming back to me to talk about your contract. Uh, Not sure if you picked up on that or not. Scotty and um, Jimmy Sexton, his agent, are the ones who wanted the long-term deal. So I guess they were mutually exclusive pieces of advice from Jerry. You know, don't sign it because you'll be undervalued by the end of it. But I guess overall with all players, he had a rule. Once you've signed a contract, don't bother coming back to renegotiate it because once it's signed, it's signed. Mm. And we also see in this episode too that in early October of 97, Pippen was due to sit out two to three months because of surgery on his foot that took place in New York. His quote, I'm not going to F my summer up trying to rehab. Uh, So that uh, pretty much said exactly what um, he was thinking there. The Bulls obviously struggled to open the 98 season with Pippen on the bench. So definitely some adversity there. We get to see the Bulls struggling, particularly on the road. And it uh, culminates with uh, Jordan saying like... I think Jordan says pre-game, let's get our first win. Don't make me say it again, which I guess was actually their first road win. That's it. That's it. 21st of November, 97. It was Chicago at LA Clippers in a game that would be a, a great battle, actually, a two-overtime affair. Yeah. And the Bulls really struggled to get that win. Jordan pulled out all the stops, got 49 points, and tried to resurrect uh, Chicago's early season there, mate. In regards to Scotty holding off on his surgery, Phil Jackson is asked 
about his thoughts on Scotty and if he should have had it done earlier. Phil actually backs him up and he understands where Scotty was coming from. But Phil also mentions that some guys do and some guys don't have the capabilities to deal with the kind of pressure and the kind of situation, I guess, that Scotty was in with his contract. So I guess he understood where Scotty was coming from. But on the flip side, he also maybe views Scotty as being the kind of guy who maybe act irrationally uh, and not be able to handle a stressful situation like he was dealing with. It was kind of a classic example of a backhanded compliment, I guess, wasn't it? Uh, Jordan's quoted at one stage in episode two with, I let my anger motivate the players. And then they show a clip of him kicking that empty beer box, that Miller Lite box. And did you notice that the equipment manager, uh, John Ligmanowski, was just in the background there watching it unfold? You're standing right there. It's a bit hard to tell how close Ligmanowski was at the time because MJ has booted the <laughs> box and he did a pretty good job because it went flying, but I don't think it hit Lig, so he must have been standing far enough back. That was something they showed in a number of the trailers, actually, just to, to obviously pump up what we were going to see as far as the footage goes. But I think what they're going to uncork in the following eight episodes in terms of all this footage that they're talking about, that's when it's really going to shine once they start focusing on the 97-98 campaign, particularly when it comes to the playoff run, the finals. I'm just already almost beside myself thinking about what sort of footage they're going to come up with that uh, we have never seen before to do with that final game in Utah. But I'm jumping the gun a bit there. We're only up to episode two. MJ, as you mentioned, he was a bit angry uh, early on in the season with the way that the Bulls started the season off. But MJ, he basically says that he's going to be pretty heavy-handed with his teammates to ensure that they're pulling their weight. And even Billy Wennington, Billy adds that MJ isn't worrying about upsetting you or offending you. If he's offended, (laughs) you can leave. (laughs) That's right. That was great stuff from Bill there. He's added some really good insight already just in those first two episodes that we've seen. Yep. After that win at the Clippers, double overtime, 111-102, they improved to 7-5 and five on the season. At the end of November, they were 9-7 and seven after a game at Washington. Some other people that appeared in this episode included uh, Sam Smith, Ronnie Jordan, Larry Jordan we see as well, which is great to see Jordan's older brother. Going way back to Come Fly With Me, we get to see briefly what an impact Larry had on Jordan's competitive nature, but they tend to draw it out a bit more in this episode, which is great because they had extended cuts of some of the stuff that we saw from Come Fly With Me. That was inserted back into this episode, much more conversation with James Jordan, who, of course, sadly, tragically died in 1993. I don't really have much to add to that other than, yes, that was outstanding, absolutely outstanding to see the extended interview. Uh, we get to hear a bit from Ron Coley and Fred Lynch of Laney High School. Uh, Roy Williams is back again. We get to see Dr. John Hefferin, which was awesome when he quickly detailed the broken bone that Jordan suffered in his foot. That was cool. As well, mate, we get to see the iconic uh, moment where Jordan actually broke his foot in the game at Golden State from late October of 1985. Um, nothing new in terms of the game footage that we see, but... I really enjoyed that the analogy that Jerry Reinsdorf was explaining in terms of Jordan and the headache tablets uh, with the chances of Jordan injuring himself again, coming back too early from the rehab of his broken foot. Uh, Jordan's quote to end that analogy was absolutely iconic. can't say a lot more than that. Going into 1986, we also do get to see an extended cut of Chicago at Indiana where Jordan talks about his minutes restriction and there's a great three or four minutes about how he was hamstrung again by you're not going back on the court beyond seven minutes per half. We might actually uh, debunk that theory with a uh, future guest on the show. Stay tuned to that. 
But yeah, to see Jordan on the bench so much wanting to get back into the game with only 30 seconds left, one point down, I thought that was really interesting to see how he had to sit on the bench and just basically suck it up because the impact would have left Stan Albeck without a job, according to what Jordan was saying in the interviews. There's a piece of footage at the end of the game when Jordan is made to sit and you can see MJ from the back with his head down, Coach Albeck in the background. There's a piece of footage that was also shown on Come Fly With Me when the narrator said that Jordan's play was limited to only seven minutes and a half and you see an upset MJ sitting with his head down on the bench. Context is everything. It's cool to now know that that piece of footage was from that exact game where, as John Paxson added in episode two, that it was all part of a situation that wasn't very healthy for the Bulls. I didn't actually realise that, so I have to go back and look at Come Fly With Me again to then match it up to the extended footage we saw in Episode 2 here. Uh, The narrator of Come Fly With Me, Jay Thomas, sadly died a few years ago, uh, which is uh, a real shame because it would have been nice to hear his uh, dulcet tones again. A few more names that were in. We see Rick Tallender again, uh, Mark Vansill, the author of uh, one of the books on Jordan. Johnny Paxson enters the fray in Episode 2 here. As you said, he hit the would-be game-winning shot with Jordan on the bench there in that game in 1986. The great man Larry Bird makes an appearance and uh, he reprises his famous quote too from 1986. Fantastic. I actually wondered when I saw that, did they ask him to say that line? I'm kind of thinking if I was the director, I'd want to either try and just hope I'd lead him down the path towards saying it or I might have even said, look, I know you're Larry Legend, but can you please say the quote for me? (laughs) What do you think? Either option is in play, but I'm just glad that he said it. So am I. I would have tried to lean him into saying it, but if he didn't, I would have said, look, excuse me, Larry, can you please say this line? <laughs> and I'll start running out of the room. Um, Danny Ainge also uh, talks about his experiences with Jordan and playing golf with Jordan the day before the 63-point outing in Boston. So that was uh, pretty cool to hear about that. I'll quickly make mention, did you notice during the 86 playoff game they showed where Jordan scores to 63, they used the audio of the Bulls radio call over those highlights? Imagine, Adam, that's such an iconic piece of audio footage and it's such an iconic game. Someone really at some point needs to get the game footage, like the videotape, and overlay that radio call over the game and combine the two because that would just be the best of both worlds. That is a really good idea. I might get onto that if no one's already done it. Um, I might as well add at this point, mate, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm never above shameless self-promotion, as I like to say. At the end of episode one and episode two of the series, I very kindly thank the producers for including my name in the credits in the special thanks. It says, uh, thanks, Adam Ryan, in Orlando's podcast, which is very nice. Uh, I think, uh, in particular, the audio that I had obtained from another trader, I think his name was Aaron Mintz in the USA. Uh, I obtained some CDs from him many, many years ago of the Bulls radio call that ended up on my YouTube channel. I painstakingly edited the audio of the Bulls radio call to match the CBS telecast. So that's how that came to be. And some of that actually ended up in the Last Dance docuseries. So I'm pretty happy to see that. So we'll uh, leave it at that. Is that game footage with the radio overlaid, was that your contribution? (laughs) I'm imagining that must have been part of it. Okay. And also there was a few photos that I provided uh, context to through my Instagram account. One of the director's assistants was asking me about uh, where they were obtained from and a few came out of some books I've got which are long since out of print which you could probably pay a packet for on uh, eBay or Amazon but I just provided a few photos which I think ended up in uh, episodes one and two. So that was very nice. Well done, brother. Yeah, very cool. should be proud. Mm, thank you. And then the episode, it finishes off with 
the uh, the tension between Scotty and Jerry Krause uh, and some of the bus trips that were taken by the team and that Scotty had to be told to to, to calm down because he was going at Jerry Krause that hard. You'd love to know some of the stuff that he was saying to Jerry because it sounded like it was pretty unpleasant. That was a really awkward but fascinating moment. Yeah. I felt really bad again for Krause because he's not there to defend himself. They can't just cut back to him talking about it. Um, they show Pippin and Krause and the team circling around near some buses and I thought, oh man, we're going to see something pretty crazy here in a minute, but it doesn't come to be. It was fascinating to see Phil Jackson actually talking about that and just sort of saying how they just had to say, look, let's just calm down a bit because it obviously was getting to be almost out of control, literally. Out of hand, yeah. Thanks again, Aaron, for being part of the show, mate. Episode two is in the books. Before we waltz on out of here, anything you'd like to add? Definitely dancing here with two left feet, mate. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I welcome your interaction with the show. You can suggest topics or guests you want to hear conversations with. Send me an email. Audio clips are welcome. Inolanis at gmail.com. Time now to share another great review from a fan of the show. This time, thanks to MaddieH38 via Apple Podcasts Australia. It's titled Essential Jordan Listening, and it reads, At a time when Michael Jordan content will be everywhere, hard to imagine a better place to catch up on his history and a great era of NBA hoops. Thank you, Maddie. A great five-star review, no less. I appreciate it, mate. Worldwide, the show now has 142 ratings on Apple Podcasts with an average of four and a half stars with 85 reviews across all providers. Thanks to your continued support. If you add a review, I'd love to read it out on a future episode. Your ratings and reviews are one of the best ways to support the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please do tell your basketball-loving friends about it. Your word-of-mouth recommendations are worth their weight in gold. Stay up to date with my podcast and subscribe to my monthly email newsletter. You'll receive exclusive details on upcoming podcast episodes, future high-profile guests to appear on the show, and plenty more. Simply email me in allairness at gmail.com. You can subscribe to my show in various ways. Search for In All Airness, three words, on your podcast app of choice. The show is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Android, and more. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and share my web address with your friends and colleagues, inallairness.com. Check out the podcast archive for plenty more episodes with high-profile guests. Follow me on Twitter at InAllAnnis. Please add your like to the show's social hub, facebook.com slash InAllAnnis. Join me next time for another edition of the show.